You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Campus Beat right here on CFRC 101.9 FM. It is now five o'clock here in the basement of Crothers Hall on Queen's University campus. And we have the great pleasure to welcome Dr. Hugh Horton, Vice Provost and Executive Director of the Bader International Center and Professor of Chemistry here at Queen's University. Thank you for joining us from Sussex, England today. Well, thank you, Dinah. It's, uh, it's a great, uh, great to be on the program this this afternoon. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your various roles at Queen's University. Okay, well, uh, as you said, I'm, I'm the Vice Provost and Executive Director of the, of the BISC, uh, which is the short form, or the castle, as we often call it here, um, because, of course, it is a castle in England. Um, and I've been in that role for just coming up to two years. Um, so I, as the Vice Provost an executive director, I've got responsibility for all the day-to-day, ultimate responsibility for the day-to-day operations mm-hmm. of the castle, its students, and also all of our other um, commercial programming that's going on here. Um, in the chemistry department, of course, I'm a, a chemistry professor. I don't, obviously, um, I'm a little busy to teach there at the moment. But, uh, <laughs> it sounds like I, it. <laughs> um, but I am, uh, I, am st- I am a member of the department. I have graduate students there, and um, we, we do uh, some fundamental research in uh, surface science and surface chemistry. Um, so, I, yes, I am kept pretty busy moving between the, the two roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, obviously my primary job right at the moment is leading the the castle. And leading the castle into its uh, 25th anniversary, which we'll be talking about shortly. That's very exciting stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about how you uh, manage or balance uh, your research here in Kingston with the work that you're doing at at the castle in Sussex? Okay, well, it certainly requires a lot. It requires some time on airplanes. Um, WestJet and Air Canada are doing well out of us. Um, (laughs) But... Uh, another big amount of time it requires, of course, is, is being on, on Skype. And I don't think someone could have done this job in the way I'm doing it 25 years ago because we, have, we are connected in ways, of course, now that, that we were never connected in the past. So I do uh, have a, um, you know, a full sort of communications gear in my office, and I can talk to my students, I can talk to people on main campus, through Skype or, or Zoom meetings, which is, of course, coming up now, or, or on the phone like I am right now with you. So that's, that's part of the management is, is the c- connectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the other piece is, is running a research group. I have some great colleagues back in Kingston who help me out on some of this on the day-to-day, uh, some good collaborations with, with colleagues in the chemistry department, and also um, a colleague at the University of St. Andrews. So on a day-to-day basis, they can help out my students, my postdocs, um, while I can come in and uh, sort of work on, see, I, I, I talk to them weekly, mm-hmm. um, but, but it's definitely uh, can be a challenge sometimes balancing that, that part. And of course, the, the key part, which is 
making sure the CAFL is is on on track. Um, a lot of my job here, of course, is thinking strategically and where we're going next mm-hmm. and coordinating what people are doing. All right. So how did you come into this role as vice provost and executive director? Uh, what attracted you to it? Okay. Well, maybe I'll, I'll step back to say I, I, when I started at Queen's, I, I mean, I knew we had a castle. I didn't know anything about it. Um, I I came into this role, ultimately you could say I came into this role because students complained. Um, a long time ago now, I was teaching a first year, a second year uh, chemistry class, and they were complaining about how, how um, their labs were timetabled. And when I got into that, I got into a lot of fixing that problem. I got into a lot of understanding about how the university worked and how student services worked. And I sort of went from there. Um, I eventually got um, into the role of uh, Associate Dean Studies in the Faculty of Arts and Science. So this is the person who's got responsibility for operating the undergraduate programs, um, seeing that they're running effectively and making sure we have lots of high-quality students in arts and science. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, that's where I really began to learn about the castle, because, of course, one of the major things that's going on in the castle is a first-year arts and science program. So I came over several times. I learned more about it. I worked hard. I think we worked pretty hard together to um, integrate um, what's going on at the castle more closely with what's going on at main campus. So that's how I got the introduction to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I then later became a vice dean and a, uh, for responsibility for international programming. Mm-hmm. And so I got yet more involved with the council. Um, so when uh, the opportunity came up that, that this role was, was advertised, um, uh, I shall say that the provost at the time, uh, Benoit Bacon, who some, some people have probably met, mm-hmm. very energetic guy, um, he, uh, he basically, I think, sort of approached me about whether I was interested um, I, I had a, um, uh, I had some thinking about it and how we would manage it, um, but uh, in the, uh, I was I was convinced that this was something to go for, so I I went for it um, because, you know, we've got a unique opportunity here to educate Queen students in in a different way mm-hmm. um, to understand and and of course in this role I have a lot of responsibility, not just for the academic side, but for the whole operational side. So it, it, it really is all about understanding um, a whole other campus of Queens. I mean, it's really like sort of running a little mini university. So for <laughs> someone with my background, uh, uh, it, was, it was a challenge I felt was really worth taking on. Well, how wonderful. Um, can you tell us a little bit, uh, maybe about the history of the castle itself? Mm-hmm. How, did, how did Queen's even get a castle in England? Okay, so that comes down to um, Alfred Bader and um, Isabel Bader. So uh, for, for your um, listeners who don't know uh, Alfred Bader, he's, of course, been a very good friend to Queen's University. Um, besides the castle, he's been involved in uh, setting up a number of chairs in the chemistry department, art history department, and of course he's given us now, I think, four Rembrandts. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alfred Bader actually was a chemist, and 
he went to Queens in the late 1940s after the after the Second World War. He was um, uh, evacuated from Germany. He was he was Jewish. Uh, sorry, he was not. Eva- he was evacuated from Austria. He was an Austrian Jew. Jew. Um, he was evacuated on the Kinder transport, and he turned up in East Sussex, where the castle is located. Mm-hmm. Um, he met his future wife Isabel um, through through this, um, and um, after he uh, left England and came to Canada and went to Queens. Um, he uh, went on to become a very successful industrial chemist. Uh, he founded a company called Aldrich Chemical Company, mm-hmm. uh, and so obviously made a fair amount of money. And as I understand the story, um, he was uh, visiting um, with, uh, with his wife, Isabel, um, in this part of England, because that's where she's from, uh, and they knew something of the castle, and they found out that it was for sale. So his, his uh, thoughts were, well, let's go and see it. Um, and if you read his biography, what he says is that the real estate agent was, knew he was serious when he said he wanted to see the boiler room of the castle. <laughs> uh, so um, he decided to buy the castle. I think it might have been a bit of a whim, but he phoned up the, the then principal, um, David Smith, and, and asked uh, if Queens was interested, and I think they went from there. Um, so it became a, initially the in- International Study Center of Queens, mm-hmm. um, then the Bader International Study Center, and um, it's gone from there to you know setting up undergrad, partic- particularly undergraduate academic programming, um, and... Uh, uh, I guess I can, yeah, um, and also as a, a destination, I think, in the local area for a, a historic and um, just nice destination to, to come and see the gardens and the grounds in the local area. So how do you think it's uh, really changed in, and expanded and grown over the last quarter century as a, as a mm. destination for Queen students in terms of its programming, in terms of experiential learning? Mm-hmm. What's been going on over the last quarter century? Sure, I think a lot's going on. Um, so when I look at the pictures on the walls, there's a, uh, I think the first class of students was maybe about two dozen people. Um, we now typically have uh, 140 to 160 students here each term. Um, it started as an arts-only institution, so it was really focused on I would say the humanities, mm-hmm. and, and the you know, and that sort of makes sense in that it's a it's a castle. It's got the, the the deep history part of it. It's close to London, and you can you can see all these cultural icons. Um, but as it's gone on, it's grown, and I think one of the most important things that happened was relatively early on. It uh, we created a first year program at the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was initially again an arts program. Um, and I could say a bit more about what's special about it, but that's moved on to include con ed, concurrent education, mm-hmm. and science. Um, and we've really um, done a lot of work to interact with the local community, particularly placements for our con ed students. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've now built, uh, as of this summer, um, we've just built a new um, undergraduate 
and Innovation Research Laboratory on site. Wow. Um, so that's, that's certainly um, a direction that you know, wasn't initially thought about, but very appropriate given that this site is also the uh, original site of the, uh, well, the, the A site of the Royal Greenwich Observatory between the 1940s up to 1989. Um, so it ties in with the history of this site as a, as a research laboratory. Wow. Um, the other part of it I think that's, that's worth knowing is, is I think we've done a lot of work um, over the past 25 years to make people aware of the rich history of the site. So it's been around, um, the site's been around certainly since, you know, um, the, the 11th century. Um, the castle was built in the 1460s by uh, the Fines family, and we think about the actor Sir Rafe Fines. He's a, apparently a descendant of one of the people who built this castle. Oh. Um, but lots of really interesting history, even in, down to the 20th century, with uh, people who were involved with World War I and the um, raising of all the regiments that went off to Flanders. From, happened at this site, um, and then, of course, the Royal Greenwich Observatory. So people like uh, um, uh, Stephen Hawking were here. Oh. Um, so, uh, and then just incredible gardens and grounds. So we've been working to, and, and are still working towards um, informing people of, of this heritage. And um, what I found out recently is this, this last year we had about 27,000 visitors coming through the site, seeing the gardens, the grounds, touring the castle. And that number has doubled in the last seven years. So I think that's another important part of trying to, you know, impact the community and for the university to be part of the community here. Okay. So tell us about the castle as a, as a place of learning for Queen's students. What mm-hmm. makes it a particularly unique experience for first year, let alone upper year students? Okay. So... Um, I think the message here is that there's sort of three three eyes. It's an immersive, international, and interactive experience. So if we're thinking about student numbers, it is it is a small classroom environment. Um, there's only about 150 people here at a time. Our average class size is, is about 21 students. Um, so, you know, the good thing is that there's nowhere to hide, and I guess some <laughs> might think the bad thing is there's nowhere to hide. Um, but you, you get access to your faculty um, essentially on a daily basis. You might even eat lunch with them. Um, so you get that immersive academic environment. Um, and we also have this um, uh, component of the non-academic, since everything, everyone is um, living on site. Um, it's, it's a fully residential environment. There's a blurring between the student life part of things and the academic part of, of the university experience that I think you don't have anywhere else. Um, so, for example, first-year students get, um, in their very first term, the opportunity to serve, if they want, in student government roles or, or peer learning roles that, that they wouldn't get on main campus. Okay. Um, peer learning, particularly... Um, we look to our upper year students for leadership um, to the first years. And uh, um, again, so there's, there's this, this sort of peer component and, and integrating the academic and, and uh, um, non-academic life. So that's the sort of immersive, interactive, international um, 
we have, uh, um, I think it's about, thir- last uh, I looked, we had about 37% of our students were not born in Canada, and about 24% of them actually uh, came, well, came here on, not on a Canadian passport. So they, they've definitely got at least one other citizenship besides Canada. Mm-hmm. So it's a strong intercultural, international environment. And, of course, you have the opportunity beyond that to, to travel outside the castle. Even within a sort of 20-mile radius of here, there's extraordinary things uh, to see, like the White Cliffs um, of Dover, um, things like Virginia Woolf's house, um, one of the castles where, uh, where Anne of Boleyn lived, you know, just all mm-hmm. sorts of amazing things. To, and you don't have to go very far or spend very much money. So uh, that, 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 I'd say, sort of summarizes a bit about, about, you know, why it's a special place. Okay. Tell us a little bit about some of the experiential learning opportunities the castle also offers. Okay. So... Well, I think maybe we should talk a bit about what experiential learning is as a starting point in case... That's a great idea. Aware. Yeah. So what, what it is is um, a way of anchoring, um, you know, your learning experience in, uh, in, in di- both direct observation and participation. So you get to not just sort of sit in a classroom and absorb information... You get to go out there and do. Um, so uh, some of our experiential learning opportunities actually take place at the castle, but obviously we take full advantage of our um, location. We have two major trips a year, one up to the north of England and Scotland and the other uh, over to Paris. Mm. Um, and in the summer, some of our students also go to Geneva. Um, there's a law program here that goes out there. Um, so that's part of the tuition fee at the BISC. Uh, that, that, that's part of your fees that you, you pay at the BISC to go on some of these special trips. Mm-hmm. But we also have shorter excursions. So experiential learning can take place in ways that you might guess and are quite traditional. So, um, for example, our history class is going through the Louvre in Paris and doing you know, direct observation of some of the artwork there and doing um, activities where they're analyzing that artwork on in-site, on-site. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, you know, traditional things. Um, but then there's some things that you wouldn't expect. So, for example, um, one, uh, one of our, one of our um, events is uh, going to a place called Burling Gap, which is uh, a site um, near some of the cl- uh, white, eroding white cliffs, um, on the south coast of England, think White Cliffs of Dover. Mm-hmm. These are actually better ones. <laughs> um, and they've been doing and um, looking at how uh, environmental remediation is taking place there um, firsthand and also participating in some of the beach cleanup. Um, one group was involved last year in uh, uh, looking at, uh, plant, actually, they were actually planting poppies and learning about some of the um, uh, events that took place at the castle um, during the First World War. Um, there's, there's memorials to some of the uh, regiments that were raised in the East Sussex region and, and uh, learning about, about that firsthand. And, um, of course, we've done things like um, in our science program, we've had a group go off to uh, the forensics lab and simulating crime scenes 
um, at uh, the University of Kingston, ironically, which is a smaller university in London uh, with one of our faculty. <laughs> so um, it's really hands-on, um, getting some uh, skills that you can then translate um, back into uh, the workplace as well, and, uh, but also having, you know, seeing some things and having some experiences you just never would have in a traditional classroom uh, or traditional university curriculum. Thank you so much for sharing so much about uh, the castle itself, its history, the mm-hmm. kinds of programming uh, and oppor- and various opportunities that it offers to students and what it's been and how it's grown over the last uh, 25 years. And uh, with that, uh, turning to your 25th anniversary this summer, how will the Bader International Study Centre celebrate this auspicious occasion? Okay. So the 25th anniversary is going to be held on the weekend, well, before Canada Day, since it's Canada Day is a Monday, so um, that's, it's going to be on the 29th and 30th of June. Mm-hmm. And so the Saturday, the 29th, is going to be the sort of Queen's-focused event, um, and that's not going to be open to the public. It's by, uh, you know, well, all Queen's alumni and you know, current staff and students, of course, are welcome, um, but you do have to register for the event, and I can talk about, a bit about that later. Mm-hmm. We're going to be having a number of, of key things. Um, we're going to be having uh, a, uh, an afternoon tea in a pavilion in the back garden. Um, we're going to be having a concert, uh, uh, sorry, um, a dance later that night and uh, a big buffet. Um, I think, though, in, uh, the key things are we're going to be having two unveilings. Um, the first is um, the Chancellor will be in unveiling uh, a tricolor garden, um, a new tricolor garden commemorating the 25th. And then um, we will have the, the Lord Lieutenant of East Sussex, which is a bit like Lieutenant Governor in Canada. Okay. Um, um, he will be uh, helping us unveil the new science labs. Um, so that, those should be two big um, and exciting sort of uh, events as, as part of the, the overall day. Um, and then uh, um, on the Sunday, um, that's going to be open to the public, and you can also pay extra, I'm afraid, to uh, go to some special events, including uh, another, um, uh, uh, another um, special lunch uh, in, the, in the gardens. Um, but... Uh, open events will include um, a uh, street hockey uh, competition. Um, there's going to be a jazz band, uh, a concert featuring um, our, you know, Queen's um, professor of music, John Burge. Um, one of his pieces is going to be performed, as well, of course, as O Canada and uh, um, uh, some some sort of more popular pieces, um, and. Uh, uh, the oper- there's going to also be some food carts out on campus in, um, selling Canadian delicacies. <laughs> How uh, wonderful. Terms, poutine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we can expect that uh, a number of alumni, and you mm-hmm. mentioned uh, current staff and students and faculty mm-hmm. are also able to uh, participate. How can mm-hmm. they do so? So, uh, well, if you want to come down on just for the day on the Sunday, of course, um, uh, we, you can just come in as a, a regular um, uh, uh, guest on site. But if you want to sign up for some of the special events, if you go to the uh, BISC website, 
um, queensu.ca slash bisc and then slash alumni. Um, there's a whole sign-up uh, sheet there that you can that you can register for the event and find out all the details. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be putting on um, a bus a bus shuttle service um, from uh, the local train station to the castle. Um, and uh, so, if you want to come down from London by the train, which doesn't take it takes about um, 60 to 90 minutes, depending on the time of day. Um, you can come down on the on the bus, on the train, and then we'll get you to site. Um, there is some accommodation uh, on site, although I um, understand that um, that's actually mostly sold out at this point. Um, but there's also good accommodation in uh, the local area, bed and breakfast, um, the town of Eastbourne nearby, and so on. Um, that sounds so pretty idyllic, <laughs> actually. It's pretty idyllic. It is pretty good. So, but I'd certainly uh, refer people to uh, queensu.ca slash bisc slash alumni, and you can find out a lot more about the event there in detail. Okay. And we can go to that website also to find out uh, about the celebrations themselves and the different uh, days and times that different events are yes. happening too. Yes, there, there will be a whole um, schedule of events up there. Okay, fantastic. So uh, before we close, uh, did you have anything else to add about the, the 25th anniversary celebrations? Mm-hmm. Well, I think what I'd, what I'd say about the 25th celebrations is, uh, you know, this is a real opportunity to celebrate um, the, the, the castle and the gift that uh, Alfred and Isabel Bader have given to Queens. I think it's um, something that's, uh, you know, given a lot back to the university and something that's going to continue to give back for a long time to come. Um, and uh, I, you know, I guess thinking about the opportunities that students have had here and what they'll have moving forwards. I mean, our alumni are a pretty young group of people, and I've, I've had the opportunity to meet a number of them over the last two years. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who, particularly given, you know, that they're in their early 30s, many of them, uh, are doing just some spectacular things, uh, both in Canada and, and in Britain. Um, you know, a lot of people come to the castle because they're interested in going to another country. And one of the themes I've seen is that, uh, oh, uh, I like it being so much in, in, and, you know, having that international experience that I begin to go and do things that take real advantage of that in my future career, um, including, you know, working in, in London in traditional things like the finance sector, but also in, in things like um, the arts sector, um, and uh, education sector. So these are, you know, these are really people who are going to go places. And uh, I think it's going to be amazing to see what's going to happen in the next 25 years here. Okay. And do you have any uh, messages that you'd like to uh, give to uh, Castle alumni specifically? Sure. Well, I mean, I think uh, alumni of the Castle, once they've been here, always want to see it again and uh, this is your opportunity Um, and I know it's a ways to come from Canada um, uh, but for those of you who can could make it we really welcome you here and I think you'll find that uh, there's a lot of things that um, you'll find very familiar but I think 
you should be also really excited to see um, some of our new things as well and just to see how we've grown since your time at the castle. Thank you very much, Dr. Hugh Horton. Hugh Horton is the Vice Provost and Executive Director of BISC and Professor of Chemistry at Queen's University. We really appreciate your time and uh, taking the time to talk to us via telephone from Sussex. It's, it's a real pleasure. Well, thank you very much, Dinah. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you here in Kingston sometime soon, too. But uh, best wishes for your 25th anniversary celebrations at the Bader International Study Center. Okay, thank you. Thank you.